Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and we're going to continue our look at Season 1 of Batwoman, Episode 10, How Queer Everything Is Today. Now, before I go any further, I am going to, of course, say spoiler alert. I also want to add in that... um, This is the first episode of the second half of the season. Uh, It's the first episode since Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, The crisis is tackled a little bit in this episode. Uh, So there's going to be a bit of spoilers about Crisis on Infinite Earths. There's also going to be a very, very, well... There's going to be a little bit of slight spoilers for the latest episode of Supergirl. Uh, not too much, so I really wouldn't worry about that. Uh, if you are following uh, the adventures of Supergirl, I'm not really going to spoil uh, the latest episode of that one. Just a little bit. I'm going to dip into that one because it does kind of reference some things that happened in episode 10. So, like I said, the spoiler alert is in place, and let's begin. So, this is the first episode of the second half of the season. It is the first episode since Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, Again, I've done episodes uh, on Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, The the first three episodes, uh, I did individual podcasts on them. And the last two, since uh, they aired pretty much the same night, I wrapped it up with a discussion of the finale. So, you know, that being said, I was really curious as to how the CW shows were going to handle Crisis on Infinite Earths. Now, I did watch both Batwoman and Supergirl. In fact, uh, I actually just got done watching Supergirl. I, of course, now watch Batwoman first um, because it's really the show that I'm enjoying more. Uh, Not really taking anything away from Supergirl. Actually, what happened uh, on this you know, sort of mid-season premiere of Supergirl actually got me interested in the show again, but that's a story for another day. Uh, Both shows handle the aftermath of Crisis very, very differently. Uh, A lot of the aftermath of Crisis on Infinite Earths uh, pops up in Supergirl, which kind of makes sense. Um, A big event like that really would kind of spill over into Supergirl's world. Now, again, a little bit of spoilers here. If you have not finished Crisis on Infinite Earths, cover your ears for a second. What we get at the end of Crisis on Infinite Earths is the entire Arrowverse, the CW Arrowverse, is now on one Earth, Earth Prime. Okay, you can uncover your ears now. So it makes sense that in the world of Supergirl, or you know, or in Supergirl's corner of Earth Prime, yeah, you know, the the aftermath of uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths would be kind of predominant, you know, in that story there. We get it touched on a little bit here at the beginning of uh, Batwoman with um, Vesper Fairchild uh, doing her voiceover, as she always does. And and as we know, uh, that is the voice of Rachel Maddow, MSNBC host Rachel Maddow, uh, who is a self-confirmed Batwoman fan. Um, Basically talking about the death of Oliver Queen. Uh, As we know that um, really, except for the Paragons and some of the other people related to the Paragons that uh, Jean Jones was able to restore their memories to, most of the world knows that there was some massive threat to the Earth. And because of a huge sacrifice by Oliver Queen, the Earth was saved. Of course, the heroes, too, you know, saved it. But it was it was due large in part to a massive sacrifice by Oliver Queen. So. Vesper Fairchild does touch upon that, and really from there, we just jump right into it, and we're picking up right where we left off. So as you know, uh, from the end of, um, excuse me, from the end of um, 
you know, the first half of uh, the season of Batwoman that um, Catherine has been murdered. She was murdered by Alice. However, uh, Mouse and, you know, this this sort of skin grafting ability, not ability, but uh, this technique, the skin grafting technique that he and Alice know and Mouse's ability to mimic anybody's voice, uh, Jacob Kane is framed for the murder. So this is where we pick off. And, you know, we see it actually starts It's pretty interesting. Because, you know, if if you look at the titles of all these episodes, except, of course, for episode nine, which was entitled Crisis on Infinite Earths Part Two, uh, all the titles really relate back to Alice in Wonderland. Uh, as you know, Alice is, um, excuse me, Alice is, you know, the main protagonist in the season, um, in this first season. So, you know, using quotes from Alice in Wonderland, you know, really seems apropos. The specific, you know, quotes that they use for the titles also really, really fit in. So, you know, how queer everything is today pretty much, you know, really fits this episode because this is sort of like the dawn of a new day. Um, Crisis has just wrapped up, uh, of course, you know, on this show right now. Batwoman is the only one, you know, Kate Kane is the only one that knows that. She knows what happens. Uh, She does share it with Luke, but of course... Luke, I don't believe, was um, had his memories restored by John Jones, so he's just going on what Kate is telling him. Um, so it's really kind of a dawn of a new day. Uh, it's almost, uh, and I don't think it's exactly a day after that Catherine was murdered, but it's sort of like, you know, the sun is rising on this new day. Uh, Jacob is in prison. Mary is trying her best to get him freed because she knows the truth. I mean, she was there when Alice really carried out her plan. Uh, she knows that it wasn't, you know, her stepfather that poisoned them and lured them there, that it was Mouse, you know, and this elaborate plan between he and Alice. Excuse me. So she knows that he's innocent, but however, you know, trying to get somebody to believe that uh, there's somebody out there that could graft skin on their face to really sort of make a mask, like a living mask that will exactly replicate, you know, the person they're trying to look like. And that that person that is receiving this mask also is able to mimic the voice of that person exactly. I mean, it's very, very hard to believe. Not only that, you know, as, as we know at, at the end of uh, episode eight, where, you know, Catherine is murdered. Before she is killed, uh, you know, Alice kind of has her read a speech where she basically, you know, kind of confesses to her crimes. Uh, those crimes being the fact that, you know, she's a defense contractor. She makes weapons. She makes the weapons that, you know, end up, you know, she may not directly give them to the criminals of Gotham, but she knows that they get there. And it's really kind of a unique system. You know, she makes these weapons that uh, the criminals are now using. There's no Batman in the city. And, you know, who are you going to call? Well, GCPD can't handle it anymore. So you got to rely on Jacob Kane and his crows. It's a nice little system. So she confesses to these crimes right before she's murdered. So, of course, any credible witness, first of all, trying to believe uh, the whole skin graft theory, the whole voice mimicry theory is one thing. But people really want to distance, distance themselves from the Kane family. I mean, you know, they, they aired their dirty laundry there really in front of a lot of people. And, yeah, it's probably not the best idea to act as an expert witness for them. So something that's really unusual for Mary is the fact that, you know, as we know, 
Mary is a med student uh, at Gotham University. Uh, she runs an underground clinic. To cover that up, uh, you know, she's an Instagram darling. <laughs> you know, she has, I, I believe they say she has like 3 million followers, which is like, well, it's pretty amazing. She has all these followers and she uses this as her cover. You know, how, how can this young girl who's out and about and such a trendsetter and, um, I believe the term is influencer now, uh, you know, who's such an uh, Instagram influencer, uh, you know, how can somebody like that, you know, run this underground clinic um, before she dies? Catherine does admit that she did know all about it, uh, you know, kind of saying that, you know, we have security cameras in the elevator. Uh, you know, I saw you changing out of your, you know, your dirty scrubs and trying to get into a party dress like she knew. But of course, like she told um like she told Mary before she did die, she said, you know, the worst thing I could have done is is admit that I knew it because if I gave you my support, you would probably stop. Um, so something queer that we see from Mary is the fact that, you know, she's making – she's sort of making a last post on Instagram. Um, now – they don't really – I don't believe they actually use the word Instagram here or, you know, exactly what they call this social media platform that she's using. So I'm just going to call it Instagram. But she's basically making a plea to all the people out there, you know, basically, you know, saying to them that she's shutting things down for a while because of all the horrible backlash that she's getting. And and she says, look, I know. I know that my mother did some horrible things and, and you know, maybe even my stepfather, you know, not – of course, not killing his mo- or her mother, but um, she said, "You know what? Though this is not what the world needs. We don't need negativity like this." So, for her to kind of make a plea like this is is a little bit queer. Now, let's talk about the word queer there for a second. A lot of meanings that associated with queer. Now, back when um, Alice in Wonderland was written. Queer was a term that just meant something very odd or very, very strange. You know, if you saw something unusual, you'd say, well, that looks queer. As you know, nowadays, uh, in the LGBT community, the word queer has a very different meaning. Um, Kate Kane is, you know, she is a very proud lesbian. Um, you know, and, you know, this, like I said, the, the fact that um, how queer everything is today is, is the title of this episode. It really fits into a lot of things because we see a lot of unusual things. But the other use for queer, you know, within the LGBTQ community does come up a lot in here. So, you know, Mary is is doing her best uh, to really try to get Jacob free. Um, Kate comes by again to, to lend her support, to really reach out, you know, and in admitting that, you know, yes, you know, I, I really never should have supported Alice. Um, you know, you, you know, really telling Mary, you know, look, I know you reached out to me. You wanted to be my sister. And, and, you know, yes, I, I did ignore you. I did push you to the side because, you know, I thought my flesh and blood sister, uh, you know, who is Beth, of course, it was now Alice, you know, I, I was really trying to reach out for her and I realized it was a horrible mistake. And, uh, you know, Mary is very cool to her, of course. And later on, it's very, very interesting because uh, Sophie, Sophie now uh, is running the Crows uh, since Jacob is in prison. So she's in charge of the Crows now. Um, it's pretty interesting that she does say to Mary that, you know, she said, you know, you probably should reach out to, to Kate because 
Kate lost her mom. And if anybody knows what that's like and how to deal with it, it would be Kate. And, you know, Mary does know this and she says it does kill her. It does kill her the fact that she does want to reach out to Kate, but she really can't forgive her for, for, you know, kind of lending her support or, you know, still believing in Alice, you know, all this time. So, Batwoman is back on the scene. Uh, she has a new bat cycle, thanks to Luke. Uh, when people do call it that, she kind of scoffs a bit like bat cycle. She's like, it's just a kick-ass motorcycle. Uh, what we get is we get a runaway train, uh, a subway train that, you know, the brakes aren't active. It's zipping through the stations. It pretty much looks like it's going to go to the end of the line and, and smash into a wall there. Um Batwoman, using her new bat cycle, is able to stop it uh, with a set of grappling hooks. <laughs> I found it a little hard to believe that a mere motorcycle um, really just kind of not even anchored to the tracks or anything, uh, just really relying on these high-tension cables, is able to stop the train. Funny thing that happens here, though, is... Uh, you know, because of, uh, because of her, you know, her ingenuity and, and her bat tech, she is able to stop this runaway train. Uh, however, though, right after she stops it, one of the grappling hooks comes loose and flies towards her where uh, a GCPD officer, and this is, this is just hilarious, who goes by the name, and I don't know, I, mean, I just remember that his first name was Slam. It was like, Slam McGurdy or Slam McGillicuddy, something like that. Which at first I thought, you know, that's some kind of nickname or something, but it turns out that really is his first name. Officer Slam. Okay, whatever. Um, kind of dives and knocks Batwoman out of the way so she doesn't get hit by her own grappling hook. Of course, there's all these onlookers, they snap pictures, and next thing we know, oh my God, are they the couple of the year? Batwoman and Officer Slam, who, and this is great, uh, what we get here. Is we get the fact that they say he looks like Chris Evans. The guy really doesn't look like Chris Evans. They're calling him Captain America. Uh, it's pretty interesting here. But here's the thing that is a bit queer. Kate is not happy about this. You know, I, 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 Luke sees it as a good thing. Luke goes, look, if people think you're heterosexual and maybe that you and this officer are in a relationship, it actually draws less attention towards you, Kate. You know, let the people think that it's a good cover for you. But this is not Kate Kane. Kate Kane is not the traditional Batman, you know. She's really not the traditional anything. And for her to hide in a closet, she's like, why shouldn't Gotham and why shouldn't the world know about Batwoman's sexuality? You know, there's absolutely no reason why I should be hiding it. I never hit it as Kate Kane, and I really shouldn't start now. But they don't have time to think about that because we discover that Excuse me. We discover that uh, the train was hacked. Uh, computer hackers, you know, tapped in, basically shut off the brakes, and were trying to send this train pretty much headfirst into a brick wall. No sooner do they discover that than the hacker themselves, who go who goes by the name of Terrier because they use a, a dog emoji, sort of as their calling card, basically says, you know, guess what, Gotham. You know, I can get into any system. I can hack anywhere, anytime, any place. And if you don't pay me five million dollars by some random deadline, maybe the end of the week, I don't remember what it was. But if you don't pay me five million dollars, I am going to release everybody's secrets. And she does say it doesn't matter if you hide behind a mask or you know if you're just some common schmo. You got some dirt out there. I know it, and I'm going to share it. So pay up. Uh, it's really great there because a little bit later on. 
Mayor of Gotham comes on TV to, to assure everybody, don't worry about it. No sooner does he give this speech than the dog emoji, the terrier, is back, basically hacking into the network feed, not only interrupting this press conference, but basically saying, oh, yeah, Gotham, you think you're safe? Well, here's the mayor's credit card number. Go to town. Have a nice shopping spree. This gets Luke panicking. Luke is like, if, if, this, if these hackers can do this you know, we might be next, you know, and he wants to shut down the back computer. But Kate is like, look, this is our only chance. This is our only chance to really try to figure out who this hacker is. So Luke does agree five minutes, five minutes on the computer, and then we're shutting it down. And it's actually, and again, this is what I really love. You know, we do see Kate Again, look, we know that Batman, Batman's designation is he is the world's greatest detective, you know, and yes, Kate does not want to be a carbon copy of Batman, but she is a member of the Bat family, which means, you know, she realizes that part of the job is being a great detective. Uh, we see it when they're trying to figure out what happened to the train. They go into the train. They're looking around. She comes up with the uh, the good idea of turning off the lights, which Luke is like, yeah, well, that helps. We have zero visibility now. But because of that, um, the little transponder that was used to sort of relay the signal to hack the train starts to glow. So Kate is able to determine it, you know, or she's able to find it because of that. Um, when they're trying to figure out, you know, who these hackers are, because this little transponder that they have actually leads them to a group of hackers that were really just kind of more like social justice warrior type things. Um, you know, it turns out that it wasn't them at all. You know, it's a false trail that the terrier, you know, kind of threw out there knowing that people were going to be, you know, the police, Batwoman, the crows were going to be coming, you know, after him or her. So it was a good way to kind of throw them off the trail. Um when Batwoman does go towards, you know, who she thinks the hackers are, you know, this group of hackers, uh, Sophie and the Crows are there first. And we see Sophie being pretty brutal, um, you know, really using some pretty heavy handed um, interrogation techniques. Uh, later on, though, you know, we see that. You know, when she realizes that this, this, this group of hackers, you know, they're not the terrier, she, she shows some frustration. Uh, Batwoman does meet her outside in a dark alley. Now, if you remember, for the longest time, Sophie was convinced that Kate was Batwoman, but with the help of Alfred's, excuse me, with the help of Alfred's daughter a few episodes ago, Kate was able to kind of be in two places at one time, stand next to Batwoman. Hey, Batwoman and I are in the same room, Sophie. I'm not Batwoman. So Sophie no longer believes that Kate is Batwoman, but she does have a heart-to-heart talk with Batwoman where she admits that her husband has left her. Um, If you remember, you know, all throughout the first half of the season, uh, Sophie was hiding her relationship with Kate from her husband. I mean, her husband, as far as her husband knew, Sophie was a nice, normal, you know, heterosexual woman who, you know, fell in love with him and they got married. He found out that, you know, she did engage in a lesbian relationship when she was at military school. But, you know, as as you remember, Sophie really tried to downplay it because she didn't want to admit that it was Kate Kane. She also didn't want to admit that she had conflicted feelings about Kate. Uh, Towards the end of uh, the first half of the season, you know, her husband confronted her on this. And when she couldn't just out and out say, no, I no longer have feelings for Kate. I only have feelings for you. You know, she hesitated. She actually never even really answered that question. That was enough for him to decide to, to take a sabbatical. So they do have a discussion about it. And, you know, the... 
the topic of hiding in a closet and hiding who you really are sort of come up, which again, that combined with the fact that, you know, there's pictures of Batwoman in this hunky officer slam, you know, all over the tabloids, really, Kate's like, yeah, why am I hiding? You know, why shouldn't the people know? I give Gotham hope, you know, and she actually, what she tells Lucas, she goes, I'm the paragon, I'm the paragon of courage, yet I don't have the courage to really sort of step out there you know, as Batwoman and be who I really am. You know, there's no reason that Batwoman shouldn't come out and admit her sexuality and admit that she's a lesbian. There's nothing wrong with that. She's like, I'm a pretty pathetic paragon of courage if I can't do that. But like I said, you know, we have a lot of things going on in this episode. So Kate has to table that for a while. Now, while all this is going on, uh, we see Alice and Mouse meeting. Uh, They're having a little tea party at Catherine's grave, which... When I saw this scene, I had to pause for a second going, it's not like they're doing this in the dead of night. They're in this huge, you know, cemetery pretty much during the day. There's really, I mean, they stand out like sore thumbs. I mean, (laughs) come on, GCPD. Really? Um, You know, but I don't want to say that Alice defiles Catherine's grave, but in a way she kind of does. I mean, she, she, you know, pours some tea on it, uh, you know, kind of dances around the grave a bit, you know, because Mary does discover this and does kind of say at one point to Kate, you know, could you get your deranged sister to stop defiling my mother's grave? Um, you know, Mouse is really telling her, you know, look, Kate's not going to come back to you. We're not going to be one big happy family because as long as you're Alice and she's Batwoman, she's going to try to change you. She's going to try to fix you. So Alice is like, yeah, well, what do I do about that? Mouse says, it's really simple. Get her to take the mask off. Basically, if she's no longer Batwoman, she's no longer a threat to you and we can be one big happy happy family, which is a bit unusual. Because a few episodes ago, Mouse wanted nothing to do with Kate. It was Mouse and Alice. They were brother and sister. Kate had her chance and she blew it. Kind of wondering about that a little bit. Anyway, it gives her a good idea. Fine. You know, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get her to take off the mask. So a lot of these stories are now starting to come to a head as this episode is wrapping up. Uh, Mary again is out there looking for an expert witness. She goes back to Gotham University to try to talk to a professor uh, who's who's a world renowned dermatologist. You know, she proposes her skin graft theory. Um, you know, and you could tell that he really does want to support Mary. Mary was an excellent student of his, but He's not afraid to associate himself with the Kane family. He just finds the theory very hard to believe. Mary's very exasperated. She calls Sophie to tell her about it when she happens to notice Alice. She's like, oh, my God, Alice is here, Gotham University, headed into the dormitories. And we see her at a distance. And it is the actress that plays Alice, but it looks like she's wearing a brown wig. So the crows descend upon Gotham University. They head into the dorms. They actually go towards the room that Sophie kind of trailed her to and said, you know, she's in room whatever, 200. It's a boy's dormitory. You know, there's no Alice here. So they're a little confused about that. You know, maybe Mary really needs to talk to somebody. All this stress and guilt and, and you know, mourning and everything, it's really, really getting to her. You know, Batwoman had struck out in trying to find the hackers. You know, again, Luke really doesn't want to use the computer. So what they do is they take the message that the Terrier 
played when he or she sort of sent her threat out there uh, to give me $5 million or I release everybody's secret. Uh, they start to filter it and, and play background noises. And it's actually Kate, you know, again, really adopting this detective role. She's, she actually gets Luke to single out a, a noise she hears in the background and she recognizes it. It's the bell of the prep school that she went to in high school. She knows exactly Gotham Prep. That's where the perpetrator is. <laughs> Luke is like, great. Uh, Luke arms her with basically an EMP device, um, you know, a device that will shut off electronic signals within a hundred foot radius. Cause he tells, you know, he tells Kate that, you know, if you go there, you know, uh, the hacker's phone is going to be shielded against something like this because they're going to need it on at all times in order to carry out their plans. Shut everything down. Look for the cell phone that's still working. You got the terrier. So Batwoman goes there and she does do that. And it's funny because she comes in right in the middle of a dance. And of course, all the kids are so thrilled. You know, you get a lot of bat selfies where they all take and she's standing there, which is just funny. Like she's, you know, Batwoman's just standing there like, oh, my God, I'm taking selfies with kids. Um, she sets off the EMP device, uh, uses uh, her scanner in her cowl. And sees a figure walking off with the phone, tracks her down to the bathroom, and she realizes that it's, it's, a, it's a young girl, a young girl, I believe her name is Piper. Um, you know, and basically what she says is, is she says, you know, like, look, you don't know what I'm going through, you know, she's, she, you know, Piper says that she is a, uh, or she was a closeted lesbian. Um, her ex-girlfriend outed her to her very religious parents because, you know, her, her thinking was you shouldn't live in a closet that's very, very archaic, you know, and she basically says that, you know, she did what she did as a prank because she was on that train. And if, you know, you see this girl and you think back to the beginning of the episode with the train, you do see her on there. She was controlling the train. You know, she had no intention of running it into the wall. She wanted to have a near miss because she wanted her parents to feel bad for her and maybe they would take her back. Of course, it didn't work. Batwoman saves the day. Parents still don't accept her. So she was going to blackmail everybody for $5 million so she could just leave Gotham once and for all. And she tells Batwoman, you know, don't even try to pretend that you know what I'm going through. And this is what Kate has been struggling all throughout this episode. You know, Kate Kane is an out there and proud lesbian, you know, and, uh, you know, we discover later on that, you know, business magazines, you know, recognize her as, you know, an LGBTQ entrepreneur under the age of 30 sort of a thing. So, you know, Kate Kane is a lesbian icon, you know, Batwoman is not, you know, and, and this is what Kate is struggling with here. Uh, you know, no sooner does this, does this happen when Alice comes on the scene because Alice, Hey, listen, she's a social media darling too, right? She sees all the bat hashtags. She deduces that Batwoman is down there. Not only is Batwoman down there, but the Terrier is down at Gotham Prep, which was her old school, you know, her and Kate. Um, you know, she deduces that, uh, you know, the Terrier is down there. And basically that's what she does is she, she takes Piper hostage and knowing that Kate will come after her, Batwoman will come after her and basically says, look, it's really easy. This is what we're going to do here. You know, I'm going to kill this young girl unless you take off the mask. And, you know, the reason that she's doing this is, of course, she wants, you know, she doesn't want Kate to be Batwoman anymore. She wants her to unmask knowing, you know, and then have, you know, Piper, the terrier, sort of out Batwoman, you know, as Kate Kane, thereby 
destroying the career of Batwoman, uh, you know, and this misguided, you know, attempt or misguided notion to, to bring Kate into her little demented family there. Piper, though, is way too smart. So what she does is Piper, you know, Kate says, you know, all right, I'll do it. I'll take the mask off. When Piper sees who it is, sees that it's, you know, Kate Kane, <laughs> lesbian entrepreneur, you know, she knows what she has to do. You know, she can't out Batwoman. So what she does is, you know, then this is this is very, very smart. She actually uses her device where she sends out, it looks like, you know, because Alice checks her own phone and sees that, uh, you know, it looks like the Terrier posted that Kate Kane is Batwoman. She only sent that message to Alice. To everybody else out there, especially the Crows and the GCPD, she basically sent a 911, Alice is here, Gotham Prep, she's got a bomb, help, 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 help. So by the time Alice figures it out, the school has been... um the school has been evacuated, and uh, you know what? What we find is is Alice is arrested, but you know she's not the one that has the detonator. It's Mouse. Mouse sets off the bomb, um, does make a getaway. Thankfully, nobody is hurt. And the thing is, is um, you know again. Uh, Officer Slam, he's there, he's on the case, and he's trying to get the kids to evacuate. And as the bomb goes off, he's the one caught in the crossfires, and it's Batwoman that saves him. Uh, When she does save him, the crowd is like, kiss, kiss, you know, thinking they're such a hot couple and everything. And he's like, hey, what? And she's like, "Eh, pump the brakes, buddy. I don't go that way. So what we get at the end of the episode is, is, you know, Piper comes to, uh, you know, the Wayne Tower, the Wayne... um, Twain Enterprises, uh, because Kate, you know, Kate did not turn her in, but Kate told her, look, you know, we can't just let this go what you did. She's like, you are going to work for me. Now, I thought she was going to bring uh, Piper on as sort of be like an Oracle type character, but that's what we got Luke for, you know, and it kind of seems silly at this point to bring in like a teenage kid into the Bat family. Um, But she says, look, you know, I can't let this slide. You're going to be doing 150 hours of community service you know, that I am dictating to you, basically, you know, learn your lesson, uh, which she does. And, um, you know, what we see later on is, is, you know, don't forget now, all the heroes are on Earth one. And who is, you know, Kate Kane's best friend, Batwoman's best friend, but Supergirl herself, Cara Danvers, ace reporter for Catco. So we see a Catco magazine with an interview with Cara Danvers where Batwoman comes out as lesbian. And it's great, you know. So we get everything out there. And, right, the episode's going to wrap up really, really nicely. But uh, got a little something going on here at the end. So... Kate reconciles with Mary, you know, Mary reconciles with Kate, you know, they, you know, they're, they're, they're together again. Mary's going to lean on Kate for support. Kate, of course, is going to be more than happy to be there for her. She comes back to her office and who's there? Wait, wait, Alice, but you're behind bars. It's not Alice. It's someone claiming to be Beth. Dun, dun, dun. Now this is where I'm going to throw in a little bit of Supergirl here. And again, if you haven't watched the latest episode of Supergirl, if you want to cover your ears for this part, it is a little bit of spoilers, but this is spillover from Crisis on Infinite Earths because over on Supergirl, we got multiple versions of the same characters kind of showing up there, sort of like a wormhole, a paradox sort of a thing. Are we getting the same thing here? Or let's not forget 
with this ability to take skin and make skin grafts and make perfect masks and be able to mimic any voice is this mouse playing a little joke. Kind of hard to tell. It could go either way, but kind of seeing the wormhole and multiple versions of similar characters over on Supergirl, is it possible that the crisis that we have, you know, Beth from, uh, you know, the current version of, of the Batwoman show, and is this new Beth, old Beth, you know, alternate dimension Beth, is she a Beth from another Earth that somehow survived the crisis and found her way to Earth Prime? Because when, you know, Kate sees her and Kate confronts her, I mean, Kate attacks her, essentially, you know, grabbing her and like, who are you? How did you get out? And she's like, it's me. You know, I, I, I go away to study abroad and this is the welcome I get when I come back. I mean, she's clearly confused as to why Kate, why Kate is actually pulling on her face because Kate is checking for that mask. Now, there is no mask, or at least we don't think there's a mask. I mean, no mess comes off when Kate kind of like tugs on her face there a little bit. Um, so more than likely, this is Beth from another Earth that somehow survived crisis. But we'll have to wait and see. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor. Head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. Uh, I post pictures uh, about the stuff that I talk about. Uh, I also throw up some polls there. Also like to mention that uh, I am part of a new podcast called Our Story. Um, <clears throat> it's a podcast on U.S. history that I do with my good friend John from the Nerd and Me podcast. Um, we just recorded, and it should be coming out soon, we just recorded our second episode uh, on the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., as yesterday was Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Uh, so we made an episode about that. should be coming out pretty soon, so keep an eye out for that. This is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later.